Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and always, always, always happy you're listening. Well, every now and then I want to talk about a candidate or two because for just for whatever reason, it seems like sometimes it's a popularity thing and I want to comment on, you know, what they're, what appears to be their thinking. And um, sometimes it's just someone that irritates me. And I think today it's the latter, you know, this, um, this governor out of Michigan, uh, Gretchen Whitmer really irritates me. And I, I don't know why exactly, but she was profiled on CBS Sunday morning and I decided to record some of it and, and just talk about it. You know, um, I think one of the things that uh, I, I've talked about this before that I think the, the democratic message, um, which is kind of a socialist message or a collectivist type message you know you are your brother's keeper we need to look out for the you know the the lowest among us and you know that that message sells people like that they don't want to be that guy that says no this is my money and i'm keeping it or you know if you you know if you want charity go to the church you know Uh, in fact a lot of people are not i mean just incidentally are not as generous uh, with charities because they feel like they give so much money to the IRS. And that's, I would say in the middle class, that's, that's a growing group of people. Um, but for whatever reason, the collectivist democratic message is, is more appealing to people. And I think, I think there's a, I think there's a connection there between, um, just the language and what people perceive, um, you know, capitalism or economics or uh, uh, free markets, you know, there, there's a, there's a, there's like a, a, a sense that free markets are harsh, you know, free markets are unkind, and you know, I don't, I don't think that's that way at all. I think, I think free markets are amazing uh, because they produce so much for people. Um, you know, a collectivist society really doesn't produce that much. And so your standard of living is limited. Um, everybody may have the same thing or they may be equal, but what effectively they're equally poor. And so to me, the great thing about the free market system is it, it can lift so many people out of, uh, out of poverty and also out of just grinding life of uh, experience, you know, where you have to work in the field all day or, you know, dig ditches all day. You can, you can learn how to operate a piece of machinery that can dig a ditch much, much faster. And, um, that's available to some, some, you know, the lowest among us, you know, without, I mean, I'm trying not to sound arrogant or something, but you know, you don't have to, uh, be super educated to learn how to run a backhoe and those guys are highly paid. It's a, it's a very skilled labor, and those people are highly paid for what they do. So 
Um, I kind of got off track there, but Gretchen Whitmer, you know, she's just got that, uh, that language, you know, there's a scene in here where, uh, she ran on in, in 2018, I believe she ran on fix the damn roads, you know? And I thought, wow, how cheesy is that? That you can, I mean, definitely that's something, you know, the government has taken on as a responsibility for itself and doesn't do a very good job. And so, I guess that's something good to run on, but it's like, man, we have so many kinds of challenges that, um, not, not necessarily that government can solve, but just, uh, just that you would, you think you would lead with other than fix the damn roads, you know, I don't know, just something about her just rubs me wrong. And so I thought I'd play this report on her and break in from time to time and just criticize it a little bit. Um, it just, I, I think she's kind of gearing up for a presidential run. You know, I, I don't know if Biden's going to make it or not. I really don't care. You know, the the reality is I don't care. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if Joe Biden was the last president of the United States, I would be happy with that. So let's go ahead and listen to the CBS Sunday morning. This lady, Martha Teichner, she's kind of got an irritating voice and, and she speaks loudly at some time. So... I apologize for the audio, but that's CBS's fault, not mine. We are done only offering thoughts and prayers. It is time for action. The shooting last month at Michigan State University, killing three and injuring five, was the wrong kind of right moment to catapult gun control to the top of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's agenda. Whitmer may be days away from signing what she calls common sense gun measures into law. Universal background checks, safe, safe storage, and extreme risk protection orders. MSU was the second mass shooting on Whitmer's watch. In November 2021, a 15-year-old killed four and injured seven at Oxford High School north of Detroit. Nothing changed. The difference between then and now? Now, in her second term, she has the power to act and is in a hurry to use it. 2023 has been incredibly productive. Passed already this year, tax breaks for the working poor and seniors, protections of LGBTQ rights, a rollback of restrictions on labor unions. All right, well, let's uh, slow down just a little bit because there's a lot there. Uh, they start off with guns. Martha Teichner starts off with guns. Common sense gun laws, she says. And, of course, she's got to mention a couple of uh, mass shootings that happened in Michigan where nothing happened. And, and now, you know, since she came in on this big blue wave uh, in Michigan, which produced, you know, majorities in both of their houses, albeit slim, she wants to move forward with this, this gun control. And what does she want to do? She wants to do universal background checks, which we already have. You know, you can't buy a gun without a background check. So I don't know what, I don't know why they're always talking about, I don't know what the word universal means in universal background checks, but you cannot buy a gun without a background check, at least not in Texas. And Texas has got, you know, one of the most open, um, gun policies in the whole country. So I'm not sure what uh, liberals are always 
pining for there. Uh, safe storage. Well, how, okay. You know, how are you going to, how are you going to enforce that? <clears throat> That's going to be one of those after the fact things. Somebody gets, you know, a, a, let's say a kid gets a gun and commits suicide. Well, the police are going to come in and investigate and they're going to figure out that it wasn't safely stored. So no, not only does the, uh, does the family lose their child, but then they get to go to jail too. Isn't that nice? I mean, that's probably what's going to happen there. Extreme risk protection orders. Well, what you're going to find here, I think, is you're just going to see a lot more people being uh, classified as mentally ill, and they're going to have their guns taken away from them. And I guess that's okay. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but uh, maybe something does need to be done there. Uh, I don't know. But certainly... My position is the states, this is where the, the authority lies for this, is in the states, not in the federal government. The problem is, you know, people like Gretchen Whitmer run for, you know, they spend a few years being governor, and then they come run for president, and they try to take these same things to the national level, not realizing that, you know, these are, these are amendments to the Constitution. I mean, you have to, you have to amend the Constitution to do these things at the federal level. And that's what, that's what really bothers me. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but at the same time, I think this, you know, gun, I think, I think the whole gun thing is very oversimplified and uh, politicians are some of the worst at oversimplifying problems. We've talked about the analogy where if you throw a rock into a, a, a like a lake, that looks like a sheet of glass and how you have ripples that ripple out. Well, politicians are always just dealing with that first ripple. The second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, one hundredth ripple, they don't ever address. They, these are just uh, reactions to uh, the problems they create with the first ripple. Now, th th what she says there about her in the second term, that she's um, she has the power to act in her second term, and she's in a hurry to use it. To me, that's, I don't like that at all. I mean, that, that sounds like, you know, someone who's got nothing to lose. So let's do all kinds of things that we want to do, even though they might be illegal. And uh, they, they list some of these. Um, and, and tax breaks, just for the record, I'm always for tax breaks. I don't care if it's for poor people, rich people, middle class people. Uh, anybody that can get a tax break, I'm for that. Um, but LBGTQ plus rights, I mean, I don't understand why LBGTQ people need additional rights over what other people have rights for. I mean, they, to me, when you start carving out certain classes of people and giving them rights, really what you're doing is you're giving them privilege. Uh, for example, and I've talked about this before, the Americans for Disabilities Act. And if you're disabled, I'm not picking on you. I'm just, I'm just saying what it is. This is a, a protected class by the government. And the effect is of having a protected class, uh, minorities are protected classes. And what happens is it makes it harder uh, to get hired, right? Because if you hire somebody, if, I, if I'm a business owner and I hire somebody to do a job and they don't do a good job, 
I need to be able to fire that person. Okay. That's, that's the nature of owning a business. Um, the problem with having these protected classes, and it sounds like LBGTQ people are going to be another protected class, is you can't fire them. Or people generally are afraid to fire them because they're, they're going to end up in some sort of lawsuit saying that they were discriminated against and so on and so forth. So that's, that's what I don't like about these special carved out rights for uh, groups, whether it's disabled people or black people or, you know, just minorities in general. I think that's a bad idea. It, it just feeds uh, the litigiousness of our society and, and I think uh, doesn't really solve any real problems. Um, you know, we're talking about Michigan here, rollbacks on restrictions of labor unions. I mean, I can't imagine that there's any restrictions on labor unions in Michigan. I mean, that's just silly. Um, a, a labor union is nothing more than a group of people that um, want to group together and bargain for pay and other benefits from a company. There's, there's no, there's no special privilege that you should have as a, as a labor union. You can just, you can organize and then you, you know, you can vote somebody to represent you. And then that person negotiate negotiates on the behalf of the group. That's, that's what a labor union does. So what kind of restrictions are on that? I, as far as I know, none. So this is just, you know, again, more just talking points that, that liberals like to talk about that, that really don't mean anything, I don't think. And, but people like it. People, people hear it and, and they go, yeah, we want more of that. And yeah, we need LBGTQ rights. And yeah, you know, tax breaks for the working poor, you know, and the working poor are already paying, you know, less than 1% of their pay in tax. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's something about their message that's it just grates me. It rubs me the wrong way. And it's, it seems disingenuous. And I, uh, not that the Republicans are any better, don't get me wrong, but the, the Democrats are just really good at this, uh, these, uh, you know, kind of chant type policies, what I call, you know, you know, like when a crowd chants, these are chanting type policies. They don't really do anything and they don't really make your life better or worse. They just uh, they just help people get elected. We need a governor who's going to stand up for our voting rights, our civil rights, and make sure Michigan is a place for everybody. She beat a Donald Trump-endorsed MAGA Republican. Democrats riding her coattails took both houses of the state legislature, something that hasn't happened in nearly 40 years, albeit by slim margins. And... Michigan passed a constitutional amendment Whitmer championed, protecting abortion rights. I do try to live my values every day so I can sleep at night, but I also can't take anything personally and can't afford to throw the counter punch, even though I'm pretty capable at doing that if I want to. I don't do it because it's not constructive and it doesn't help the people that I serve. I read one description of you as an example of grit and grace. That's a high compliment. <laughs> the President and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell released a plan that fails to support 
States. And this is the same Gretchen Whitmer, who spent a first term from hell. And your governor of Michigan, I mean, all she does is sit there and blame the federal government. As then-President Donald Trump's punching bag over her handling of COVID. Don't call the woman in Michigan. As for abortion rights, you know, she's doing what, uh, what they're supposed to be doing. The states are supposed to be uh, reflective of what the people want in the state. That was the whole purpose of striking down Roe v. Wade. So I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. If that's what the people in Michigan want, then people in Michigan should have abortions if they want them. Now, I don't condone that. I don't think that's... Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, if your daughter came to you one day and said, you know, I'm going to be a prostitute, you know. Or let's say you knew somebody in the neighborhood that was going to be a prostitute. You know, I would probably go to that person and say, look, that's that's not a good life. Um, you, you're not going to be, that's not going to make you happy. You need to get busy doing something, you know, productive and so on and so forth. I mean, but I, I don't want to throw her in jail for being a prostitute. It's the same thing. If, if somebody wants to have an abortion and, <clears throat> you know, I mean, people used to do things, crazy things, like throw themselves down the stairs and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, we live in a, we live in a world where people are going to do what they're going to do, okay? And to me, you don't want to throw people in jail for doing something like this. Now, you know, the other side of the coin is the state, one of the big purposes of the state's right to exist, or it's, think of it as like a, it's manifesto to exist, is to protect human life. But the reality is these, these problems, uh, there's nothing in the Constitution about abortion. Um, and if there's nothing in the Constitution about something, it's left to the people or the states. That's what the Constitution says. So that's that. Now, the voting rights thing, I just don't get this. You know, it's like there was there was all this shenanigans that took place during the 2020 election. Uh, laws were changed, okay? The, the Constitution, for example, says that um, the legislatures of the various states will, will set the laws for voting in the state. And what happened was in places like Michigan, um, Illinois, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, uh, attorneys for the DNC went into these courtrooms and they changed election law in the name of COVID. So what's happened is um, there's been a backlash and these state legislatures have corrected some of that. And this is somehow Republicans taking away people's right to vote. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very bizarre way of looking at, you know, reality. But liberals almost universally talk this way when they're talking about voting rights. They're, they're, they're saying, in fact, they tried to pass this John Lewis bill at the federal level to stop all this from happening. And, of course, you, you can't do that because you'd have to amend the Constitution in order to do that. But, uh, yeah, so all this stuff was illegally done during COVID in the run-up to the 2020 election. And, you know, these states have tried to put it back. And all of a sudden that's, you know... Uh, the Republicans are taking away your right to vote and your civil rights and things like that. It's just, it's just hyperbolic rhetoric, right? But I, I, I basically don't like any candidate that does that, you know, because it's very manipulative and it's not true. And 
uh, gets up people all riled up about nothing. And, uh, I just, I just don't see what the big deal is. I mean, you, you basically, it, it, you know, they almost have like a mirror check at the voting line. You know, if you, if you can fog a mirror, you can vote. I mean, that's pretty much the way it goes. So, uh, in, in some of these States like Michigan. Whitmer became a household name, but also a target. Armed demonstrators opposed to pandemic lockdowns took their grievances against Whitmer to the Michigan State Capitol in the spring of 2020. We're setting the stage for things that are happening across the United States of America. In what looked like a rehearsal for January 6th, at the U.S. Capitol nine months later. I was stunned to see the images coming out of our Capitol and armed gunmen with masks standing outside of my office. Fortunately, I wasn't in there, but yeah, it was, it was shocking. Do you think that would have happened if a man had been governor? Something about people that are liberals or you know, pro-state, pro-government, they, they are so fixated on gender and race. I mean, this, this question from Martha Teichner, it's like, what in the hell is she asking about? You know, you know, essentially what happened was Michigan locked down the state really hard. I mean, really hard. It was one of the worst places to be in America during COVID. Uh, you know, L.A. was a, a real bad place. Uh, you know, the cities in California, um, New Jersey, Places in New York, uh, those were some of the worst places to be in America. And some people show up to protest, and, you know, it's like, do you think that would have happened if a man was governor? Look, man, you know, these these representatives represent the people. And the people, <laughs> the, the people are their customers, basically, right? And so... If, if their rights are being violated, if somebody locks you in your home and tells you you can't go anywhere and you can't eat out at a restaurant and you've got to wear a mask or you got to do this or that, I mean, look, nobody likes being told what to do, least of all adults, and certainly not by people that are perceived as idiots in the government. And, you know, they show up in protest. I mean, what would you expect? You, you would expect people just to let their livelihoods slip away from them and let their businesses collapse and let their, the, you know, the loved ones die in their families and not see them and not go to their funerals. And I mean, it's, it's really bizarre the way these people think. I mean, all she can think about is how horrified she was to see, you know, people in, in her capital on the Capitol grounds with guns and protesting, you know, nobody died, nobody got hurt. It was loud, and maybe it was scary. I don't know. I wasn't there. But, you know, why not have a little understanding for the people you supposedly govern govern about what they're going through? You know, these people, these people work in government, and they make pretty good salaries, actually. And it doesn't matter what happens. You know, they're not subject to the market whims, right? So their, their money just keeps coming no matter what. Teachers, teachers didn't work for months in the United States, for years in some states, and just got paid every two weeks, every two weeks. 
and many of them weren't doing a thing, okay? Nothing. And we're getting paid. Well, look, you need to have some understanding, big Gretch, that that's not how the free market works. If you don't work, you don't get paid. If you don't open your doors to your restaurant, nobody's going to come and eat and you don't make money. Okay, and you'll lose your restaurant. And they just have a total lack of understanding of this. And the more and more people we have in government, it seems like the more and more people in our society think this way. And it's very, very aggravating. I mean, she says she's disturbed to see people with guns and masks in the Capitol. Well, they're, they're, the reason they're wearing masks is because you have a mask mandate in the Capitol. So these people are wearing like bandanas on their face or masks. They're not wearing like ski masks or pantyhose over their head. I mean, she just, you know, just totally um, kind of misrepresents what's going on there. But it was scary. You know, her, AOC was scared too on January 6th, even though she was like six blocks away. Then came the plot in the fall of 2020 the foiled attempt to kidnap and possibly kill Governor Whitmer. Last December, one of the conspirators was sentenced to nearly 20 years in prison, another to 16 years. Well, I have really <laughs> grown as a leader in the last four years. I have to get back to the table and negotiate budgets with people who've shared stages with plotters who wanted to kidnap and kill me. I still have to negotiate and get a budget done. Governors can't just take positions and we can't throw you know bombs at the other side we got to get things done i love how martha teichner just glosses right over this part of the story then comes the plot in the fall of 2020 well the plot was led by fbi the fbi basically concocted a scheme and recruited a bunch of people to kidnap the governor. Now, look, just for the record, if anybody ever comes up to you with some brain-dead idea like that and, you know, some dumbass idea, just know that they're probably a Fed, okay? That's what these Feds are doing. That's, that's how much extra time they have. They don't, they're not out solving cases. They're actually out trying to ensnare people in quote-unquote terrorist activity. Because again, look, they're, they're trying to manufacture a, a narrative. They're, they're trying to manufacture a consensus in America that America is bad, it's got a bunch of domestic terrorists that are out to get our leaders, and we need to round them up somehow and, and, and put them in jail. This is, the, this is what they're trying to do. So yeah, this plot, and this is all a matter of record, by the way. I'm not making this up. These cases have already been tried. As she just said, one of the co-conspirators was sentenced to prison for 20 years. But, and there's no way to prove this. There's, it's a counterfactual. But I feel very confident that there would have never been a plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, without the FBI's involvement. And so you've got, again, remember we, we were talking about the law and we were talking about justice the, the normal state of things is injustice. And yet what you have here is you've got the state actually creating injustice. 
by using force. We, we, we allow the state to use some force on the citizenry in order to force justice. But what we have now is we have the state doing just the opposite. They're using force to, uh, to force injustice. And this is, this is completely antithetical to our founding, the, the, the idea of America, the nature of America, the legal system in America. This is so radical and so bizarre that our country is doing this. And, and, and they wonder why people think that uh, the election in 2020 was stolen. I mean, go watch 2,000 Mules and ask yourself if it's not possible that that's the way it was done. You know, there's been, speaking of 2,000 Mules, that's been out for a while now. And as far as I know, no law enforcement has followed up on that. You know, they have all this geo-tracking data. Nobody went to go look at any of these people or question them. They just let it go. And, and nobody, and, and there's nobody getting in trouble for this plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitner, Whitmer. We don't know any of the FBI agents. They're not going to jail. They're above the law, right? Uh, that's what kills me when, when the, you hear these politicians say, no one's above the law. No one's above the law, not even the president. Well, yeah, you know, the president is above the law. That's what it is to be president. But evidently, that's what it is to be an, an FBI agent, too. You are actually above the law. You can actually... Um, you know, create scenarios, situations where you recruit uh, Americans to break the law. And, and by the nature of you participating, you're breaking the law too. But only they go to jail. The FBI guy doesn't go to jail. So we've got a we've got a really effed up system here. And and then these these people they wonder, you know, like Gretchen Whitmer in this interview, you know, shocked to see all these people show up at the Capitol, upset. Or, 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 you know, have all these, uh, these questions about our institutions and our lack of faith in institutions. Well, I mean, what would you, I mean, how, I don't understand why we would expect anything differently when this is the way you use these institutions. You basically turn the idea of the institution on its head and have it do just the opposite of what it was intended to do in the first place. The governor's daughters, Sydney and Sherry, are now students at the University of Michigan. I am so thankful that she is on the front lines and fighting these battles. And I want her to be a voice and I want her to fight for my rights. This is something that me and my wife laugh about all the time. The Democrats are always fighting for something. We're fighting. We're fighting for our rights. Fighting. We're on the front lines. We're battling. This is the language they use, you know, the language of war. And so the question is, who are they at war with? Well, they're at war with your average American, the individual in America. That's who they're at war with. And likely it's you. <laughs> and so I just, uh, I, I don't know what to think about these people, man. They, they, they all, they're like little Hitlers, you know, they're just, they're busy bodies they think they know better than you. They think they can run your life better than you can run your life. And they're not afraid to use the force of government, the power of law, to force you into their way of, of being, their way of thinking, their way of living. Except they don't want you to be able to come to their house there at the Capitol. 
They just want you to stay in your little hovel and just do what we say do, you know, and, 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 and shut your mouth. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's really something. I kind of look at myself as a live and let live person. And these people are just the opposite. I mean, they're not live and let live. They, they, can't, they can't be with live and let live. They've got to control it. They've got to control everything. And I, I just, I think ultimately this is going to come to some sort of head. I mean, we talked yesterday about um, the TikTok deal and the, and the law that they're putting, to, they're, they're buttoning together uh, to pass, to quote unquote ban TikTok. It's really not going to be a ban. It's just going to be an excuse to layer in this, um, this law that basically can ensnare you in almost anything if you use social media. And, you know, the United States is really headed uh, down a, a path that's, that's very, very dangerous. I, I, know, I know that sounds a little hyperbolic and like, how can that be? And, oh, you're worried about something that doesn't even matter. And, but I'm, I'm just telling you, these, these people that, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's happening is, I used to hear this all the time from people. They'd say, oh, Seth, you know, you don't need to worry about it if you're not doing anything wrong. Oh, okay, so you think somebody that just walked up and down the steps of the Capitol did something wrong? Really? I mean, those people are in jail, okay? I, it, it's not true that you have to be doing something wrong to be ensnared by this system of justice or injustice. It's just not true. And it's becoming more that way, not less. They're doing more to ensnare you, uh, especially if you're on the wrong side of things, uh, if you become a target. And uh, this, is, this is very, very dangerous. I mean, I, this is how, uh, you know, you kill 11 million people, just like the Andy Andrews book says. You lie to them. You, you tell them that they're free and, and, then, and then tell them that they have the right to petition their government for redress of grievances. And then when they show up, you arrest them all and throw them in jail. And now they're political prisoners with nothing. They can't do anything about it. They're just stuck. So, look, this is, I, I know I'm kind of really passionate about it, but this is something that we all have to be on guard on about. We cannot, we cannot allow these people to continue to encroach on uh, our way of life um, in the name of whatever, you know, domestic terrorism, the Proud Boys, uh, the Oath Keepers, whatever the hell they're, they, they feel threatened by. We just can't allow them to do it. So look, I, I'll, with that, I'll wrap up. Um, I just, I, I kind of wanted to just weigh in on Gretchen Whitmer. I don't like her. There's something about her I don't like. Um, you know, she's she kind of she's kind of part victim, part bully, part you know, stateswoman. I don't know. There's something about it I don't like, and uh, I especially don't like the fact that she was uh, involved in this uh, FBI. Now I don't know if she was knowingly involved, but she certainly knows what happened, and she should be telling the truth about that, and is is not. And like I said, it's a matter of record. This has all been played out in the courts and it's, it's a matter of the, the court record. So, um, with that, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, if you enjoyed it, you like, uh, you like the passion that I have, you like the topic that I'm talking about, uh, come back and listen. And if you do, I'll be here tomorrow to do it all over again on who gets to decide.